All right, folks, welcome to another episode of the Locked On Pit Podcast, your daily podcast covering the Pittsburgh Panthers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Nick Fairby, writer for Pittsburgh Sports Now, call games at WPTS Radio, and I'm a production assistant at ACC Network. And folks, today we have a lot to talk about. I am in Mobile today, and we are going to start with some senior bull talk. Kenny Pickett's measurements came in, and there will be the hand size debate. I'll weigh in on it if I think it matters at all or not, and how it can potentially affect Kenny Pickett's draft stock moving forward. Also, Pitt's schedule was revealed, obviously a big contention. We'll break down the schedule, talk about the twists and turns. We'll talk about WVU versus Pitt being on a Thursday, the benefits and the cons of that. We'll talk about it all here coming up on this episode of Locked on Pitt. You are Locked on Pitt. Your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Panthers. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, folks. Welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. As always, thank you for making the Locked On Pit Podcast your first listen every day. And folks, today... It's a big one, right? It's a big day. We're down in Mobile. The Senior Bowl practices start tomorrow. We got measurements today. Mobile is a beautiful city. I love Mobile. It's, you know, I've only been here for, for a little bit. Hung out with some of the other guys from Locked On. Ross Jackson from Locked On Saints. Brandon Olson, Locked On Gators. Zach Blackerby from Locked On Auburn. We had him on. Had a few a few really good hours there as after I got to Mobile. And, and listen, this week is going to be all about the quarterbacks, right? And and that has always been apparent to me that this is going to be where a lot of that separation between the quarterbacks are going to be just, it's going to be made, right? Because listen, if you, if you come into the senior bowl, you're going to see all 32 teams here. You're going to see general managers here. You're going to see head coaches here. You're going to see the big fish. It's not just, you know, scouts. And, and maybe you send a scout, the scout team to, the Shrine game or the NFLPA game or any of these other bowls, CS, you know, the college game, uh, the Hula Bowl, like all these different types of of bowls. The Senior Bowl is the pinnacle of that. And so you're going to see a lot of teams come out here. You know, there are a lot of teams scout based on this. You get the most in-depth watching you can on some of the top senior prospects in the nation during this week. These next three days are going to be huge for these guys. They're going to be interviewed. They were already interviewed today. So, so there's a lot going on. And for Kenny Pickett, the measurements were a particularly crucial part of his process. Now, he can push it back a little bit, and he will. He, he chose to push it back, and he chose that, you know, he's not going to necessarily get measured today in full. Now, he, he came in at 6'3", about 217, so he was listed at about 6'3", 215, 220 on the website. The website said that it was accurate. Um, and, and we saw – no, we saw arm length. We saw wingspan. The wingspan is smaller, though. And it's about less than two inches from everyone else and no hand size measurements. And so that's going to be something that when you look at, at everything around Kenny Pickett's draft stock, I mean, I have more questions about things like his pocket management, right? Where I think he bails on the pocket a little bit too easily and, and he can run himself into pressure when it's not there. And I think that's a big issue for Kenny Pickett. But let's be let's keep it real here in saying the fact that people are gonna harp on the hand size. And that's already been, I think, the prevailing point is Kenny Pickett's hand size is huge. 
in determining his draft stock. And it's not just it's not just some medium made thing. I mean, I, I, NFL teams care about this. Otherwise, they wouldn't be taking these measurements. So you have to break it down. You know, the, the number I've heard for Kenny Pickett's hand size is eight inches and a fourth. It's really historically small. When you look at the smallest hand sizes, it's really just him and a, a former Princeton quarterback, Kevin Davidson, who came about three years ago. You know, and there have been guys that have been talked about, you know, with Kyler Murray having nine-inch hands, Burrow had pretty tidy hands. Pickett's almost an inch smaller than both Kyler Murray and Joe Burrow's hands. That's what we're talking about here. This is a historically outlier type of measurement. We just don't have much data on guys like Pickett coming in with almost sub eight inch hands. It just doesn't happen. It does not happen at the quarterback position. And then there's another wrinkle where his right thumb is double jointed. So that right thumb is going to be more flexible, able to get better grip and, and allow him to get better grip around the football. And so it's, it's a tough, it's something when you break it down, you look at it and you say, you know, I get the concern. I get it. Right. Because, you know, what is he going to be able to play in the rain well? Is he going to be able to grip it? Is the fumble is going to be increased? Like, there's lots of different ways to look at Kenny Pickett's hand size and deconstruct it in a way that says these could be issues. In inclement weather, it could be an issue for grip. In terms of rushing the football, he could fumble more. Those are the two key ones. You know, is the size of the NFL football going to change? This, the NFL football is a little bit bigger than the NCAA football. He was fine in the NCAA, but is the NFL football going to be a little different? We'll see this week. It's an NFL football he's going to be using this week. If he can sling that rock around, I think it will alleviate a lot of concerns this week. Also expected to get some inclement weather. You know, and, and they will they will practice inside, so unfortunately scouts won't be able to. But if he wants to, I mean, I'm certain they won't mind the little spectacle if he wants to prove that he can rip it through the rain a little bit. And so, Kenny Pickett, I don't really care about his hand size. Listen, as someone who has watched all five years of this guy play football, and as Pitt fans, you should know, he's played in a lot of bad weather games. It, it's, it's Pittsburgh. He plays in Pittsburgh. It's, it, it's notoriously rainy. It becomes snowy. He's played in all different types of conditions. Not to mention he played in a literal monsoon on Thursday night against Sam Howe in North Carolina. And this is where this comes into me. He's a guy that when you look at what he did in that game, was he any worse than Sam Howe after it started to come down? Yes, he was a little bit more inaccurate. Howe was not pitpoint either. It wasn't like UNC was this juggernaut of a team because Sam Howe had a great second half and, and forced overtime. The hand size argument to me, when you look at it there, is it, it becomes a lot less valid because he literally ripped a dime to Lucas Crow on a slant route to give Pitt the win in that game. He made a few really nice throws in that game that made you jump out of your seat. And, and, and that was a, in a game where there was inclement weather. Sam Howe was nine inches five eighths hands so he's pretty big hands relatively speaking or, or pretty average hands but 
it's not going to be a concern for Sam Howell, right? No one's going to talk about Sam Howell's hands being small. But when you look at what he did in that ring versus what Pickett did, there wasn't much of a change. There wasn't much of a, a difference. So I don't think that the hand size stuff didn't show up to me. And it should have showed up if it had been an issue in that game. And then there have just been so many bad weather games over the years where I've seen Kenny Pickett be able to throw the ball effectively. And I think Jim Nagy, the, you know, the director of the senior pool, put it perfectly. He played in Pittsburgh, not Boca Raton. He didn't play in Miami. He didn't play in Paradise, exactly. Pittsburgh, beautiful city, but it has a lot of inclement weather, and Kenny Pickett has absolutely dealt through inclement weather. He's done fine through inclement weather. The gloves help him. Yes, that's why he wears gloves. He wears gloves because he has smaller hands and it helps with the grip on the ball. Clearly, it's not a detriment to him. He's able to rip that football around. And I think, you know, Kenny Pickett's hand size, in that respect, it's not as big of an issue as people will make it out to be as a regard. I'm not really concerned about it because of those things. I think if there, the, the one big valid concern to me is it would be the fumbles. You know, Kenny Pickett has had a career where he has fumbled the ball a little bit too much. And you look at it, and I think that is a valid concern. I think it's a valid concern to look at his fumbling statistics and, and kind of, you know, the fumble against Western Michigan, for example, probably shouldn't have happened. That 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 is, I think, a concern when you look at that. That will be a concern for Kenny Pickett, the fumbling that could recome from that. And, and overall, over, can he overcome those small hand deficiencies in that area? He, I think he clearly has shown he can do it in terms of slinging the rock, and he'll do that this week down here in Mobile as he's going to really sling this rock around and with an NFL-sized football, and I think he'll do it very well. I think people will, will shut up after this and, and kind of realize, yeah, Kenny Pickett's hands are, are not the issue. Kenny Pickett's hand size, it's not a deal breaker. And and that's the thing here, is that people will make it out to be a deal breaker, and it's not. There's nothing about Kenny Pickett's hand size that is an absolute deal breaker. And so, yeah, I understand. He's using his hands and, and trying to get them bigger really weird reasoning from Kenny Pickett in his interview with Tom Pelissero, you know, trying to the, the double jointed. There's so many physics going into it and said, I'll do it at the combine and it'll change. It's probably going to come in eight inches, one fourth. It's not going to change a lot. And so Kenny Pickett having small hands, it is what it is. I, I don't think it, it's going to be crazy. And, and I, I think some will care. Some won't. And, and quite frankly, I just don't think it matters. I, and I think, you know, a lot of it, when you just look at the, the grand scheme of things, it, it's it's a bunch of preconceived notions that I think can be disproven through the tape. And, and that is that he has thrown the ball through inclement weather. He's played in rainy games. He's played through these these northern teams, right, that are, that are so afraid of drafting Kenny Pete. He literally played for one. He played in the – he played in the Northeast. It's never been an issue for Kenny Pickett. And, and so I, I'm not worried about the hand size thing. But how could it affect his draft stock? We will talk about that as well as 
Pitt's schedule. But first, folks, let me let you know about betonline.ag because there might be less football being played, but betonline.net has way more odds and info for this playoff season. From scores, totals, player performance props, to where the next coach fired is going to land, BetOnline is the number one spot for all things NFL betting in 2022. And it's not just football. BetOnline.net's basketball, hockey, boxing, UC, odds, coverage is the best in the business. From sports right down to your favorite Vegas casino games, BetOnline is your number one online wagering destination. BetOnline, the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports and play your favorite game. BetOnline, where the game starts. folks welcome back to the locked on pit podcast your daily podcast covering the pittsburgh panthers as we continue to talk a little bit here about kenny pickett and his hand size why it just doesn't matter because of you know what he has done through inclement weather what he has shown you know the gloves have shown to increase his grip he he slings the rock around really well i don't think he lacked control of the football i think he's pretty accurate relatively if, if it was going to be such an issue that would be a bigger issue, right? And so Kenny Pickett is something that when you look at the hand size things, some teams are going to care about it. Some teams are going to have those notions and are going to have those strict measurement requirements and they're going to pass up Kenny Pickett. But when you look at, at Kenny Pickett, He's able to keep that right hand clean. He's able to to keep it from getting slick. If he has to go barehanded, he will. He did it against UNC, for example. He's been able to sling the rock fine in the rain. It's not like he's he's not helpless. And so when you look at even, you know, misty games where it can get where the, the kind of the the condensation can cut get on those gloves, he works through it. He has a routine, and it works for him. He's able to keep control of the ball, and I've never seen it be an issue, but it could affect his draft stuff. When you look at a guy like Sam Howe, when you look at a guy like Malik Willis, who has those great tools, when you look at a guy like, hey, you can even throw in your Matt Corral, Desmond Ritter, Carson Strong, all these guys that are kind of grouped into this bunch, it could affect his stuff. I don't think it's going to affect it crazy. He's going to go in the first round, I think, as long as he has a good week here in Mobile, and I think he will. I think Kenny Pickett has showcased the growth and ability to do that. But let's let's be real here. This hand size stuff, I don't think it matters in the grand scheme of the thing. It'll matter to some teams, and it could affect his draft stock. I think, you know, he could bump down a few spots, and maybe maybe there's a team that's not willing to take him high because they they are concerned about that, and they, they think, man, may, maybe in the ring he's not able to do it, even though we have seen it on tape. But teams will have these hard earned, hard lined type of measurements where they don't deviate from it, and it is their 100 percent hardline thing and if you go below any of those you're not going to be drafted by them and so that's something i don't think it should be a big issue it has some limitations the fumbles again but let's be real it's not really a big issue and so i'm not worried about kenny pickett's hands and and i think pickett overall is going to be fine despite the hand measurements and skipping out on it. And I think we'll see it here this week in mobile with an NFL-sized ball. I think that's going to be one of the things that uh, NFL scouts are looking for. And I think once he disproves that here and at the combine and even at his pro day, I think a lot of good things will come for Kenny Pickett. And that could potentially boost his draft stock above the other 
quarterbacks in the draft. Well, folks, the schedule was revealed today for Pitt football, their 2022 football schedule. We knew the order of the non-conference games. We got the conference games now revealed as well. Opening Thursday night, the college football opener against West Virginia. The backyard brawl is back, and not only is it back, it's back in primetime. The whole nation is watching. It is literally kicking off a season of college football. And, and I've seen a little debate going on around Pitt fans right now. You know, is this a good thing? Is this a bad thing? Because I think this is a really good thing for Pitt football. Because you have this kind of hype train coming off Kenny Pickett's, you know, great season and, and the, the Peach Bowl appearance, the ACC championship. And now you have guys like Keaton Slovis, Jordan Addison is back. You have a new offense corner. You have all these things where you look at the hype that Pitt's going to get most of the defense returns. You have so much talent. And you're going to be a hyped-up team in the ACC. So when you look at Pitt, this is going to be a team that is going to get a lot of hype. And it's a team that's going to be pretty hyped up. And so coming into the backyard brawl in what is a classic rivalry game, this is a chance for Pitt to put people on notice. And I love that the backyard brawl is going to be back. I love that it's going to be back in front of everyone. This is going to be the one guaranteed primetime national game everyone's going to turn into. And and when when you look at that, that's that's a platform, man. That's a platform to prove yourself as legit. If Pitt can show out in this game early on, they can make themselves get a lot more buzz. And I, I said this, you know, they, then they play Tennessee at home next. If this team in the first two games can beat West Virginia – and beat Tennessee, Tennessee being the tougher matchup of those two talent-wise. I think, though, West Virginia is going to be a tough one. I mean, l- listen, you look at the, the roster that West Virginia has and Pitt should win that one, but it's the backyard brawl. I, those rivalry games that you always play, sometimes it just goes out the window. And so you never know. And in the first week where you're trying to get a new quarterback meshed in and yeah, there's a lot of things that could go wrong there. But win those first two games, and you could be looking at a lot of hype. Pick be a top 20, top 15 team at that point. And that's huge for Pitt if they can win a lot of these games. And then they go to Western Michigan, Rhode Island. I mean, coming out of non-conference 4-0, and that's not crazy. I think it's a very tough first two games. And you kind of wish they had that tune-up warm-up game to take things off a little bit. Um, of, of the pit uh, faithful and everything. But when you look at the adjustment period, it's going to be right into the teeth of that schedule right away. It's not an easy non-conference schedule just right off the bat. And so that one's going to be tough. But if they can win those first two games, especially doing it on a platform, it, on Thursday night football to literally open the college football season at Heinz Field in primetime Thursday night, I love the fact they're playing West Virginia to open the season in primetime on Thursday night. I know some people won't like it because they got to work and and all that, and I understand that, but this is Pitt in front of everyone, nationally televised game, in a huge rivalry game. It's your chance to make a statement. That's big time for Pitt, and I think this is uh, the program being put on a a decent pedestal. And and overall, this is going to be a game – it's going to have that hype factor. It's going to be very talked about around the local stations. It's going to be talked about nationally. 
it's a game that's going to be very, very hyped up. And if Pitt comes out and lays a flat egg on this, things could be bad. But there are so much opportunity. There's so much opportunity for fruit here, I think, for Pitt that you really like to see it overall. Now let's get into the conference schedule a little bit. But first, let me let you know about Rock Auto. Folks, you can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Why choose to spend 30 50 or even 100% more from the same parts at a chain store or car dealership when you can get so much cheaper at Rock Auto? Because Rock Auto prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you need from brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpets. So go explore their easy-to-use website to find the solution your auto parts needs. Folks, go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car and truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts you probably ever need. RockAuto.com. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked On Pit Podcast. As we continue to talk about the schedule reveal here, that that first two games of that non-conference schedule was going to be very big for Pitt. It could put them on the map. It could doom them. But if they win those first two games and, and they're jockeying for position. It can get a lot more national respect, go to a higher bowl game. You know, even if they're in it for the playoffs, if they happen to be in that race, much easier to climb up in that area than to climb out of the top 25 and in and then go up. You want to be that team that is able to have that one slip up and still be ranked, right? Like people wonder why Penn State is 20 every year when they're 7-3. It's because they, they're always ranked so highly in the preseason. So if Pitt's able to get that decently high rank in the preseason and turn it into something, things could be looking really good for this program overall. Now, it's interesting to me that when you look at this team, five of their first six games are at home. It's pretty crazy, right? West Virginia, Tennessee, Rhode Island, then Georgia Tech, Virginia Tech, all those but at Western Michigan are home games. Every single one is a home game. And so, Pitt, when you look at, at their conference schedule, there's a lot of very interesting things to me. First of all, the, the Georgia Tech one leading off, on paper, as we're speaking right now, doesn't seem like a hard one. Um, just, just to go off Virginia Tech, again, that's a team that probably is going to be down for a year before Brett and Pry can kind of build his team up and, and build his bricks and and get his guys in. So it's probably not going to be a great Virginia Tech team. Uh, so th- this is going to be two games that you look at Pitt and they should win. So you come out of that first six before the bye. And, and as I start to kind of feel through things, right, um, I, I always look at it and say, you know, Pitt should probably be at the minimum five and one. They could be six and zero. Oh, but let's, let's give them some slack here in those first two games. It's going to be an adjustment period. There's a new offensive coordinator. You know, Keaton Slovis is coming in, so he's got to get rapport with everybody. There's a few new starters, linebacker, that's going to be significant. So it's not like everything's just like seamless. You know, the, the whole team is not back. They have a lot of guys back, and it's going to help guys like Keaton Slovis and guys that cannot have on the field and, and these guys, you know, it's going to mitigate those those concerns a little bit. But let's understand here, they also have to build it up. And, yes, they can do that for the spring and the summer. But there is an adjustment period when you look at everything 
and, and you in totality, and you have to at least give us some slack, especially against the Tennessee team. Hendon Hooker's good, man. That Tennessee team with another year, with another year under Josh Heupel, it's a little bit scary, especially since they really did overachieve in their first year um, under Josh Heupel, and Hendon Hooker was so potent after coming in against Pitt. It'll be interesting to see how that one works out, but that one could be a loss for Pitt, and I think that they could come out as 5-1. and one. If they're 5-1, and one, they're probably still ranked. You know, I think they earned that high ranking, and, you know, rattling off wins after that, including against Georgia Tech and Virginia Tech, would make sense. Um, and, again, Virginia Tech is a team that, that's going to have a new quarterback, so we'll see. There could always be surprises there. They could find a quarterback and things could change, like Miami did last year, right, you know, finding Tyler Van Dyke. Same with same thing with Georgia Tech. You never know. This is kind of Jeff Collins' last stand, if you will, so we'll see. But then coming out of that, bye, you go to Louisville. I think this game – it's not an easy one. You know, Malik Cunningham is a solid player. They have some talent down there in Louisville on the road. It's going to be a fun game to go to. I think a lot of Pitt fans will make that trip. They don't go to Louisville very often. Um, I don't think it's going to be an easy game. That's a hyper-offensive team in Louisville. Not a great defense, but a team that could that could push the pace up on them a little bit. And then Malik Cunningham can give them some trouble. We'll see how everything works out there. But that's not going to be an easy game. It's not a gimme game. Probably their toughest of the conference schedule to that point. Then UNC, we'll see how UNC is this year. A lot of turnover. No Ty Chandler, no Sam Howe anymore. The offensive line, is they're trying to rebuild the offensive line. They're trying to get someone to step up outside of Josh Downs on the receiver core, whether that be a tight end, whoever that might be. They need a new quarterback. And, they, they you know, they have – some, some promising things there, of course, in that quarterback room, but nothing certain. The defense is losing a few guys as well, so we'll see. But UNC, it doesn't project to be a great team next year. It projects to be a solid team, so this is not something you can take one to. Going down to Chapel Hill for Pitt has never been a good recipe, so we'll see if they can crack that voodoo magic that it seems to have on them, regardless of if UNC is good or not. It seems like they have Pitt's number down there on the road. Um, then, then after that, you know, if Syracuse at home, if you're Pitt, you feel good about that. I know Syracuse has a few really good new coaches coming in, um, but nothing too drastic just yet. It's Sean Tucker's very good, but still a team I think that lacks certain something, and Pitt should probably have the edge in this one. Um, but when you look at Virginia, this one's going to be a tough game in Charlottesville. Um, I, I know that they lost guys like Jelani Woods, but – a lot of guys are still back, and even if Bronco Mendenhall's gone, it's Brennan Armstrong's show. And Brennan Armstrong's there with Dontavian Wicks and Keonson Thompson and all these other guys that are really talented football players for the Cavaliers. This is going to be a hyper-offensive game. We'll see how it turns out, but I don't care who it is. Facing Brennan Armstrong is not an easy pull, and I think this to this point, when I look at, at this game, I think Virginia is the toughest conference game, followed by Louisville probably, going – at home on senior day against Duke should be one that Pitt expects to win quite handily. Even with the new coaching staff, again, it usually takes a year for these guys to build something up um, at the very least and, and build something that resembles something different from the program that they inherited. So when you look then at Miami on Thanksgiving week, this one is obviously set up with the ACC odds makers and, and schedule makers hoping this is for the coastal and I think it very well could be, right? Because this one, it's not going to be an easy one for Pitt. I mean, just looking at the true talent overall that you see 
from this team, Tyler Van Dyke, Jalen Knight, um, Mike Harley, all these guys that are going to be good players for them. Keyshawn Smith, like there are a lot of good players for them. A lot of young DBs. Um, this is a young. This was a young team last year, and they beat Pitt in an upset at Heinz Field. Miami's kind of had Pitt's number outside of the big picket upset when they were second overall. And so this is going to be a big, big, big time matchup. You know, Pitt's Pitt's going to have to overcome their demons in this one. It's going to be. Pro- I mean, on paper, this is their toughest matchup in conference, um, and for good reason. And it's the Big Kahuna for sure, but. This is going to be one where Pitt's going to have to really buckle down. And if it is for the Coastal, they're going to have to overcome a boogeyman for them as of sorts. And so this one, and I, I think that Pitt, the schedule draw wasn't bad. I think they got a really good draw. with the, I, It might be controversial opinion. I think that Thursday night for them is great to get eyes on the program. They win the first two games, and you know, National Televis against West Virginia, and then a really good game against Tennessee you're going to be building something, I think, in conference play. It's not too bad. They're, they're, that's that home stretch at the beginning that they really have to capitalize on. Capitalize on your home games, win those home games, go on the road against a few teams that could be tough, Louisville, North Carolina, Virginia, then, of course, the big one in Miami. It's not an overly tough schedule, but it is a schedule where you can see them getting slipped up if they don't stay focused the entire time. And certainly it's also one that lends itself the opportunity to build hype very quickly and get pit up the poles much faster than they were this year all right folks thanks for listening to this episode of the locked on pit podcast tomorrow we will talk senior bowl kenny pickett's day damari mathis calamice we'll talk about all those guys down here in mobile it's all coming up here on locked on pit tomorrow as folks as always thanks for listening and hail to pit